0: on letting the choir sing the anthem (laughs) last sunday i was so fired up about preaching that i jumped right up here and started preaching and i I could just imagine what their faces were looking like what in the world Uh, but fortunately they sang the anthem as a benediction so it all turned out good and uh, we got to hear it anyway Um, well i just appreciate that so much the music in this church and I appreciate you for being here, even if you're joining us as live stream today. I want to welcome you and say how glad we are to be with you today. And um, I've got fresh batteries in in my microphone today, so you people out in live stream land, you'll get to hear the whole thing today, the good Lord willing. Uh, first Tim, uh, excuse me, First Peter, chapter four, verses seven through eleven. If you want to turn over there, if you want to follow along on the screen, fourth chapter, First Peter verses 7 through 11 today. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's been several years since I've been to Disney World. Have any of y'all been to Disney World recently? Um, I think uh, back in December. Can anybody, has anybody been more recently than December? So I, I think the Condras and all of them have, have been the most recently. I remember going uh, right out of high school. I graduated from high school. That would have been back in uh, 2009 or so. Or 1979, one of those. Um, but I went with a group of friends down to Florida, and we went to Disney World. And I don't, I don't remember a lot about Disney World that on that trip because that's been a lot of years ago. But then about 20 years ago, when I was serving as uh, associate pastor and youth director at a church, sort of like what Andy's doing here, I took a group of youth down to Florida, and we did uh, a mission trip down there. And then on our day off, we went to Disney World. And I remember being impressed both times by Disney World, but for different reasons. When I was a teenager, I was impressed just by the wow factor and the rides and the fun and the atmosphere. And I'll be honest with you, I was looking around for cute girls. You know, that was a lot on my mind when I was that age. And then 20 years later, as a grown-up, I got to see Disney with grown-up eyes. And i was impressed in a different way because it just struck me about the incredible hospitality that disney offers people who come there and it made me curious so i started reading up about uh, the disney way did you know that there was such a thing as the disney way well there is and there's a whole disney university that they have to teach people and every employee of Disney, they don't call them employees by the way, they call them cast members. So every cast member from the janitor to the CEO has to go through the training to learn the Disney way. Uh, Everyone goes through a training called traditions and you get this ingrained in you. you. You become trained until this is part of your second nature. And the goal is so that everybody from the janitor to the CEO knows two things. They know who they are and where they're going as Disney together, okay? The Disney way. I just found that so intriguing to to think about the Disney way. It reminded me that in the book of Acts, before the followers of Jesus were ever called Christians, they were called followers of the way because Jesus was the way and is the way. And so there is the Disney way, and then there's the Jesus way. And it made me start thinking about this. So I did some more digging, and I talked to a, a member of our church, Molly Page. Was actually She actually worked at Disney World. She was a fairy godmother in training. Did you know that? She worked at the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique uh, for a while. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so when I was working on this, I called Molly Page up, and I said... I want to make sure I'm getting this right. And she talked and talked and talked about her experience at Disney. It was amazing. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to talk about some of the fundamentals of the Disney way. And we talked about this. and here I'm just going to use three of the, of the ten fundamentals of the Disney way. Because I want us to think about how they're relative to, to my I Have a Dream series I'm doing this month. The first one is this, and there, this is, by the way, in your outline, if you're an outline-type person, in your newsletter there's a little outline that you can follow along there with some fill-ins. The first part of the fundamentals of the Disney way, the first one is, give every member of your organization a chance to dream and to tap into the creativity those dreams embody. So, so the idea is to give everybody a chance to dream. and And really, I'm thinking about... For, for our church, I hope that everybody, whether they're a minister on staff or a part of lay leader or anything like that, I want everybody to have permission to dream and to use the creativity that that dream, uh, that that dream calls to, to be. And the second one is this. Stand firm on your beliefs and principles. So in my first I Have a Dream series, I talked about us being internally strong to know the first principles that we stand on in any given situation. So I want us to dream to kind of have our head in the clouds, right? But I want us to have our feet firmly planted on those principles to know in any given situation what a principled person would do. Okay, so that's one and two. And then the third one kind of gets to what I'm talking about today. The third fundamental of the Disney way is to treat your customers as guests. Treat them as guests. Just exceed every expectation they have about what it means to feel welcome when they go there. To treat people like you're glad to see them. It's just hospitality. It's hospitality. Here are a couple of things that you'll notice when you go to Disney. And I know if you've been there, you, you've noticed this. Everybody's welcome at Disney. Okay? Well, okay. Okay everybody who has the price of admission is welcome and this is not a perfect analogy so just go with me here for a little bit assuming you've got the price of admission you're welcome okay people of differing abilities they make sure that they they have accessible buildings and it doesn't matter how tall or short or what color your skin is or even what language you speak if you get on that monorail they're going to welcome you in about 10 different languages you know it's just they want to make sure that everybody who comes in is welcome. Wow. It just reminds me so much of, about that slogan that we came up with. as a denomination back in 1996, open hearts, open minds, open doors, the people of the United Methodist Church. Do you all remember that one? Open hearts, open minds, open doors. And I remember at the time thinking, if we can only live up to that, If we could just live up to that, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be hospitality? So, And then something else you'll notice is that people at Disney smile at you. They smile at you. And you say, well, they get paid to smile at you. Well, that's true. But look, they're there and they stay there because they believe in the Disney way. And the Disney way is to smile. I know it sounds simple. But if you think about all day long, the things that they have to hear, they have things. And this is something that Molly Bates told me about. They have people come up to saying, can you tell me what time the three o'clock parade starts? <laughs> Seriously. And I know on the inside, they might want to say one thing, but on the outside, they say, "Why, yes, the three o'clock parade starts at three o'clock. Thank you very much. You know, So. Smiling is contagious, isn't it? And, and, and just, I mean, frowning is also contagious. And so for us to just remember that we don't have to look like we ate something sour when we come to church, right? We could just smile. And, and another part of, of the Disney way is to do everything that they do with excellence. To do everything... I'm going to do something I don't know if I've ever done before in a sermon. I'm going to quote Walt Disney. So this may be the first and last time I do it. I don't know. But Walt Disney said, whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they'll want to come back to see you do it again. And they'll want to bring others to show them how well you do what you do. That's part of hospitality, that everything we do, we try to do it the best we can, from the way that we take care of our facilities, to the way that we take care of the babies in our nursery, to how we do our music, to how we welcome people at the door and once they're inside, everything the best we can. Colossians 3.23 puts it this way Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Do it the very best you can. Just like you were doing it for the Lord. Hospitality is so important. And you may be thinking, well, you know, preacher, you're talking about things that you dream of for the church. And there's so many things you could have put up there. Why is it that you're talking about hospitality as being something that you just dream about for the church? I think it's so, so very important that, that it become a part of the Gadsden First United Methodist way that it become the culture that we have that's just ingrained in us in every level in every way i think it's so important because of a couple of things one is it's just that we may never pass this way again we may never get a chance to welcome like we are doing right now verse seven peter writes the end of all things is near the end of all things is near now it doesn't it might make you think of some wild-eyed looking man standing on the street corner holding up a cardboard sign saying the end is near, okay? But I want you to think about that, just that understanding. He, Peter was writing to a group of people that were undergoing severe persecution. I mean, this is during the time when the church was being persecuted and what, well, let me just give you an example. If, if the church was gathering probably in secret in somebody's home somewhere, and the powers that be found out that the church was gathering there, then what would happen is they would raid the place and they would drag the people before the governor and they would be asked one time, uh, are you a Christian? If they said yes, they would be asked a second and third time under threat of penalty, are you a Christian? And that third time, if they said yes, then they would be hauled off and executed for their crime. And their crime was being a Christian, a follower of the way. Now, because of this persecution, Peter and others thought, well, Jesus promised he was coming back. Surely he's coming back soon. They expected Jesus to come back any minute. So... When Peter said the end of all things is near, he was not only thinking maybe the Lord's going to come back soon, he was also thinking, hey, you know, this group that's sitting together, some of them might actually get martyred before we actually meet again. But in a very big sense, in a way not to try to be morbid sense, but our lives are fragile, aren't they? People come in and out of our lives and people move on unexpectedly. And if we keep the mentality of this chance that we have right now, we may not ever get it back again. It really would affect how we greet people who come in and out of our lives. And the point is this, take nobody for granted. Not your parents, not your spouse, not your children, not your friends, not the person you see sitting beside you in church, not your church itself. Take. Nothing for granted. Hospitality. Another reason for hospitality is we could be entertaining angels or even Jesus himself. A couple of passages of scripture about this. Hebrews 13 too, I bet you've heard this before. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. And then that, that famous parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25 about the, the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. i just read a portion of that. And the righteous answered him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you and the king will answer them, "Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to who? To me." I just finished a, a really wonderful book entitled "The Man on the Mountain" by Susan Trott, and it's about a holy man named Joe. And he lived in a hermitage at the top of a mountain in a country far away. At first, he was all alone. He went up and built his tiny hermitage, and he lived there as a hermit. Uh, but eventually, people started going to Joe to to get his advice and to learn from him. So he would have people that come up and stay for a couple of months with him. Sometimes he'd have people that come up and stay for a couple of years with him. And when they did, when they stayed with him for an extended time, then they had to follow the the way of the monks and They all shaved their heads, and they all wore the same colored robes so that they were really indistinguishable. They all did the same chores. They took turns, rotated around and and they all uh, contributed, and they all took turns going down the long mountain path to the village to get supplies and hauling them back up. The only real difference is that when Joe, the holy man, went down, mountain to get supplies he always went to the village park and played with the children for a while and and made them laugh before he went back up the mountain so word eventually got out that there was a holy man on the mountain and so people from all over the world started flocking to the holy man they would they would stand in line and they would hike the mountain and there were only certain hours of the day that the holy man would see people. And so they would wait for their windows. They'd have to camp out for days. And then word would come down and say, the holy man is seeing people now. So they would hurriedly line up and, and, and then one by one they would get to go. And when they got up to the hermitage door, there was a wooden door. and They'd knock on the door and they would be greeted by this frail elderly old man who was kind of stooped over. And assuming him to be the, the caretaker or, um, or the servant, um, they would hear him say these words, Can I help you? And they would say, I'm here to see the holy man. And the elderly man would say, um, right this way, please. And he would lead them through the hermitage to the back door. And he would open the back door and say, Goodbye and they would say but wait a minute i'm here to see the holy man you've guessed it by now haven't you he was the holy man and he would say and you have seen me and then he would say something like treat everyone you see as a holy person and you will live a happy life goodbye and out the door close the door and go to the next person in line um so I want you to think for just a minute. I want you to take just a minute and look at the person sitting next to you on both sides. Okay, I know your mom probably taught you it was rude to turn your head and look around in church, so I'm giving you permission to temporarily do that. Look behind you if you want. Look at that person. What if you treated that person as if you were a visiting angel? or a holy person or even as if you were in the presence of Christ himself another reason hospitality is so important is according to verse 10 in the passage we read earlier we want to be good stewards of everything we've been given verse 10 says to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God just take a moment with me and think of the kindness and the grace and the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness that we have received from the Lord how much of that have we received just a little bit or manifold manifold right what kind of welcome does the Lord give us I want you to think about if we were going to to put this out there in sign language or signals or something How much would it be? Would it it look like this? Would it look like this? Or would it look like this? Or would it look like this? What do you say? Like this, right? How much, how manifold is his grace and his welcome toward us? Um, We have received from him. The word steward in verse 10 is a really cool word. It's a mashup of two Greek words that means house and to administer. The idea is that a steward is a person whose job it is to manage the affairs of the house or the city or whatever it is they've been given in charge of. So a steward's like a caretaker, a steward's like a treasurer, if you will. And if whatever it is that has been entrusted to that person, the question is, are you going to take good care of it or are you not going to take good care of it? Are you going to manage it well or are you not going to manage it well? So if the treasure we have received is hospitality and kindness and love and accepted and forgiveness and all of the things that God, plus all of our gifts and our talents and our abilities and all that, if all of that is treasure given to us by the Lord and we have that, are we going to manage it? in a way that is pleasing in the eyes of God, or are we going to take it and bury it in the backyard, or what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? And so the way of the world says if you give something away, then you have less of it, right? If you give it away, then you don't have as much. But the kingdom of God teaches something different, and this is kind of the last thing we need to remember about hospitality is because... The more you give hospitality, the more blessings come back on you. The more you give it away, the more you're blessed with it. The book I mentioned earlier is uh, The Man on the Mountain. The Holy Man, one day when he went down to the village, he was talking with a group of kids in the park in the village, and two of the kids had just had a fight. And he told them, you need to be kind to each other. And the kid looked at him and said why why should I be kind to her and Joe didn't know what to say he thought well how can I explain this in a way that will be understandable to kids and the only thing he could come up with was this he said because it's good luck to be kind it's good luck to be kind and I I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I don't necessarily think about luck as much as I do blessings. And I'll just say this. It's a blessing to be kind. It's a blessing to be hospitable. It comes back on you. 1 Kings chapter 17 is a story about the time during the prophet Elijah when there was a famine in the land, right? And... God told Elijah to go to uh, Zarephath and that he would meet a widow there and that the widow would give him something to eat. So he travels to Zarephath and he gets there and sees a widow with her young son and they're gathering up sticks. And they're gathering up sticks so that they can prepare a little cooking fire and so that they can eat some bread. Um, And so Elijah goes up to the woman and asks him to give her... Asked her to give him some water to drink And she gives him a drink of water And as she's walking away Elijah says this He says oh yeah And while you're at it Could you make me a little bread To eat And the widow Hooks Elijah and says Well you know there's a problem with that Because you see I don't have any bread on hand There's a famine in the land And the reason I was gathering these sticks in the first place is what I'm planning to do. I've got a handful of flour and I've got a little bit of oil. And what I was going to do is I was going to go home and I was going to make a little cake of bread for me and my son. And then after that, that was going to be our last meal. Because after that, we just die. There's nothing left. So let's pause the story here and just think about what we're saying. What are we saying here? Are we saying that we're supposed to take care of the needs of the guest first. That that it, it's not me first, but it's you first. That that I give something with the idea that, okay, if I give it, I might have less of it. So what's amazing is that Elijah says this in verse 14, first Kings 17. Elijah said, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The jar of meal will not be emptied And the jug of oil will not fail until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Hospitality is one of those things when you give it away, you don't have less of it. You have more of it. When you bless somebody in that way, it doesn't diminish what you are. It increases what you get. As a hospitable church, we do that by... By maintaining the constant love for each other. In verse 8 it says, "Love covers a multitude of sins." Aren't you glad of that? Have you ever gotten up in the morning and looked looked in the mirror and thought, "Love and Maybelline covers a multitude of sins." <laughs> you know, something's got to cover all of this. But love covers a multitude of sins means that that okay, I know that you're kind of cranky today and you probably had a bad day. But I love you and I'm still going to love you anyway. And I want you to love me anyway. That kind of hospitality is what we show each other. And then we start showing it even to strangers and guests who come to us. And we do it all in verse 9. Listen to this. Without grumbling without grumbling, what if we created that kind of culture? What if that was the Gaston First United Methodist way? I think if we created that kind of culture, if everybody around us had that kind of attitude, a couple of things would happen. I think that we would see that people were blessed in a way that they would never forget because, you know, you always remember when someone really, really welcomes you. Um, when I was working on this sermon, I asked, some, I asked on Facebook, okay, I admit to you I have a love and hate relationship with Facebook. Some days I love it, some days I hate it. But on this day, I wanted to use it as a tool. So I said, hey, I'm working on a sermon on hospitality. Uh, tell me about a time that you experienced real hospitality, And I got a lot of different things. A lot of people uh, told me about experiences that they had. I can't share all of them. I want to share one of them because I thought it was kind of cool. A friend of mine named Deanna was talking about when she was a teenager, and uh, she was out with a group of her friends rolling yards. Do you all know what I'm talking about when I say rolling yards? Now, some of my friends who live in other parts of the country were like, what are you talking about, rolling yards? You all know, though, rolling yards, toilet paper, that kind of thing. So they were rolling yards, rolling yards of, of this popular football player. You know, Deanna was a cheerleader, popular. And, and where I grew up, rolling yards was kind of like a badge of honor. You, you didn't roll the yards of people you didn't like. You rolled the yards of people that you liked, you know. It was kind of like, hey. So uh, they were, I reminded my kids at that one time when they were picking up toilet paper from our yards. It's because they like you. So they're rolling the yards of this popular football player, and all of a sudden, the porch lights come on, out comes mom and dad, they're busted, right? Everybody's running, running away. And Deanna steps in a hole in the yard and turns her ankle and is down. She's down for the count. She's not going anywhere. Her friends ran away. Thank you very much, friends, right? left her laying there crying in the yard and so owners of the house they come and they find her and they pick her up and they dry her tears and they give her a hug and they help her back in the house and they sit her down and they put ice on her ankle and they give her some hot chocolate and they call her mama all these years later, I have to tell you Deanna is no longer a teenager she has teenagers of her own, but all these years later, she remembered what they did for her I saw a sign in an office one time and I I thought it was really, really true, it says people will forget what you do they will forget what you say but they will never forget how you make them feel And that is the blessing that comes back on you. Because hospitable people tend to be happy people. It's really true. Being hospitable, being welcoming. Welcoming churches are the ones who get a chance to welcome more people, right? Welcoming churches are the kind of churches that get to make new disciples because people come and they see them and they feel in them the welcoming embrace of Christ that is the dream that's what my dream is that that can be our way so what keeps us from doing that I I was thinking about that I was thinking you know sometimes we do a really good job but what keeps us from it prevents us from being hospitable. I think sometimes we just get distracted. And when we're together, we think about a hundred different things rather than being welcoming to the people we're actually with. So as we close in prayer and as we think about what it means to show hospitality, because of the hospitality that's been shown to us, I want to ask you to do what I'm going to do and that's to take an inventory and to see if there's something that's distracting me and keeping me from being welcoming like God wants me to be. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful way that you have opened your arms to us. Thank you for the reminder that We may never pass this way again. That we may be rubbing elbows with angels. So help us, Lord, with that in mind. To make it our way. To show hospitality. Not just a little bit. But just extravagant hospitality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn today is number 300.